Thank you for listening to the program today. James, the brother of the Lord, um, both in the human way and grew up in the very same way. He was literally his brother and in the spiritual way of brothers and sisters. He was both of those. So uh, he says in his letter to believers, uh, this is be in chapter 3. I wanted to read a portion of this. My brothers, not be many of you want to be teachers, knowing this, that we, teachers, shall receive the greater condemnation, because all of us will offend people in many ways. If any man offends not in word, the same would be a perfect man, meaning not sinlessly perfect, but complete and in control. That's what he goes, and able to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth. They obey us. We turn about their whole body. Look at a ship, though it's so great and huge, driven by fierce winds and mighty, yet they're controlled and directed by a very small item. That's the, the rudder. As it, and wherever you turn it, that's where. It, so is the tongue a little thing, as it were, a little member. It's, it's not very big. But it boasts great things. And behold, how great a matter it can start of a fire. The tongue is like a fire. It's a world of sin. And so the tongue is among our members in that it defiles the whole body like the bit in a horse's mouth. And, and, and it sets on fire the course of nature and sets on fire of the things of hell. And of every beast and birds and serpents and things in the sea, man can be controlled by man and has been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man control. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Because with that tongue we bless God, the Father, and we curse men. Men that are made after the image of God, out of the same mouth, comes blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a fountain of water send forth sweet water and bitter water as well? Does the fig tree bear uh, figs and olives? Or does a fountain yield salt water and fresh water? And does a, who is a wise man and has the knowledge of God? Let him show out of a good behavior. And he's talking about words. Let him show out of a good, and they use the word conversation, his work with meekness of wisdom, his wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and strife in your heart, don't glory about it. Lie about it. And say you're walking in the truth, doing the, what God, and you have this bitterness in your heart. This wisdom, this kind of thinking is of the earth, earthly, sensual, devilish. Because where envy and strife is, there's confusion and evilness. But the wisdom that comes from God is pure and peaceable, gentle, easy to be forgiving and full of mercy and goodness without partiality it loves you unconditionally not because of what you do or don't do because of you it he just loves and without hypocrisy that is and the fruit of righteousness is sown by those that know peace they make peace and uh, so going back to uh, the first statement he says and this kind of really comes home to me 
in the way that if you want to be a teacher of anything, you're going to have to to truly be a teacher of mathematics. It is is assumed that you're going to be given or know the knowledge that the students don't know necessarily. And and so then, as it were, you're required. Uh, somebody said, well, if the math teacher can't make uh, an A on that test, how do you think the students are? He should be judged twice as hard because he knows twice. As, and so the Lord said, to whom much is given, much is required. To whom little is given, little is required. So James is saying, and I know what happens is when you're called by God to teach, he's saying, don't want to be your own self. Don't ever. Paul said in another place the same thing to the Corinthians. He said, all of you want to be the preacher. All of you want to speak in tongues. All of you want to do miracles. See, and he's saying, you're after the wrong thing. You should want to love him not do these things because these things in and of themselves will lead to pride. That's why James says over here, and it'll lead to envy and strife and jealousy is why can't I be the preacher? And who, who, how did God, why do you? And Paul said, all of you want to be a preacher. All of you want to do all these things. But I'm trying to tell you in Corinthians, he says in chapter 13, we call it, he's saying the love chapter. It is about love. That's what it's about. Seek after that, not these other things. Not that they're bad, but in and of themselves, they won't accomplish the one thing the Lord wants for us to, to do, and that's love Him with our heart. So James is saying in that issue, which is that's what he's been talking about, having perfect love in the way that you love without partiality. You, you can love everybody unconditionally with, without, and like he said in your congregation, chapter 2, here's what will happen. The rich man will come in, three-piece suit, money falling out of the pocket, and you'll be respectful to him. And the poor man come in, uh, his pastor don't even have pockets. Uh, and and you'll be, well, you, you don't mind, sir, sit over here. And hey, uh, rich man, come on down front here. And so that, it, and <laughs> Those things do and can uh, happen, but in a person's own heart and life, he's saying, don't want to preach and teach people about what God says and be the spokesman just to be wanting to be the preacher because you may not realize it, but he said you should know that that automatically puts you under a greater requirement to do what he says because you'll find yourself reading it and looking at it ten times more than the average member of the congregation that reads every day. If you're truly a student of Scripture and called to teach, you're going to read it over and over and, over and pray and meditate because you don't want to be wrong about what you're interpreting. And James is saying, well, yeah, but then if you are wrong and we're all going to be It'd be better off to be in the congregation and be wrong than to be the preacher and be wrong, simply put. But if he calls you to preach, you you can't help it. No more than you can help believing in him when he calls you to believe in him and gives you that faith to believe, and you know who he is, you can't change that. But if he calls you to preach genuinely, you can't, I mean, you could deny it, I guess, say I'm not going to do it, but or quit or whatever, but uh, you you will be driven to study far more than you ever would. So James is saying by that alone, you're you're more required. And but it, but the real truth of what he's saying applies to everybody. So that's sort of a side note. He's saying, hey, you know, I hear everybody wanting to be the preacher. It's kind of like when you're kids, you know, playing baseball. Everybody wanted to be the pitcher. Well, I can't. You can't pitch. Well, I'll be the catcher. 
Well, you can't. Well, I want to play in the infield. I just want to handle the baseball. I don't want to be in the outfield. Why? Because I never get, nobody even knows I'm out there. So it's like in church, Paul was saying, everybody wants to do all these things so you can be noticed. And it's what he says. It'll turn into even the gifts of God will turn into something that becomes a negative for you in the way if you put all your hopes in what your works are. It's what your heart is. It's always that way. I I, I kind of, you want to say, well, your works count if your heart's right. The truth, honestly, how I would say it is, it's all about the heart. If the heart's right, then whatever you're doing or saying, it'll it'll be good. If your heart's not right, it doesn't matter what you're doing or saying. It's hypocrisy because your heart is the issue. The Lord didn't say, well, that's most of the issue. He said, my, my, what I want you to do is love me with all your heart. And if you do, you'll love each other. And the way you say, well, we don't love each other. Well, we better get that done. Then we'll be able to love the Lord. No, what he means is if you'll love me, he said, if you love me, then you will love each other. So it's uh, sometimes, like he said about Christ in us, it's a mystery. But Paul, uh, the things Paul said, Peter said, you know, he writes about him in every letter. He talks about him in every sermon. And that is, Paul said, I just want to know him and his love. That's all there is to do. We're complete in him. That's all there is to do is know him and his love. And then works, well, yeah, they'll come from that. But in and of themselves, they're not the issue. Either way, they're not the issue. The issue is the heart, always. And the Lord said many places, I look at the heart. That's where it comes from. And here James is saying, and the Lord said, out of the abundance of the heart, what the heart really thinks, you'll hear it in what is said. And that doesn't mean that, well, they say, no, I love everybody. Well, if you listen long enough, you'll hear them say something against somebody that makes you realize and I hold it. They don't mean what they said. They mean so that's what like the old timers say. Can I have your word on that? Well, what word? I know a lot of words. See, he don't mean that, and you know he don't mean that. It's your heart. Do I have your word on this? You, your heart. And so when the Lord says, "By your words you'll be judged," every idle word. He he's not saying, "Well, you said you believe, so I have to count that." That were your word. No, it it it. You know that's not. It's what he's saying is. Your word, your heart, that's what I look at, is your heart. And your words will show where your heart is. That's what James saying. Uh, it's like uh, on the dashboard, all your instruments, uh, the heat indicator is uh, like the oil pressure or, or however you want to look at it. But one way or another, you say, well, that, that's not, that's war- the motor's warming up a little. Something's not right. Well, it could be the radiator, could be the oil, but you know something's not right. So when you are in the way of your a hypocrite in your what you say, you'll you'll say you love everybody, but then you'll off to the side whisper a word of wow that what a loser you know <laughs> and and you just well, somebody's well I just heard you say you love them well I do I love him but you know just to be honest he's you know, I, I just, I don't want to be around him. He, he's such a, he, I mean, all of a sudden, James is saying, you know, what? What is this? This kind of wisdom that, hey, that's just the way it is, and it's okay. I can be a little hypocritical. And God, I still love the, I've, I've heard a preacher say, oh, I love the Lord with all my heart. But 
um, I do have some problems with believers, but I love the Lord. No, the Lord said, if you love me, you won't have those problems of loving each other, and you hate what's wrong. And I was just talking to somebody about, uh, here's how I've heard it put, and I don't know how better to say. Um, the, the, the Bible says to, the fear of the Lord, the love is to hate evil. But you don't hate people, and you you hate the sin, but you don't hate the sinner. But that's sort of been said so much that here's how I've heard it said. Hey, uh, Bob's a liar. I, I hate Bob. I hate lying, and Bob's a liar. I hate Bob. He's a liar. And the person said, no, here's how you should say. I hate lying. I hate lying, but I love Bob, even though he is lying, but I hate lying, but I don't hate Bob. I love Bob. That is the love of God. It is. It is the love of God. That's what love is. Forgiveness. Mercy, full of goodness, part without partiality. You don't love one. Like the Lord said to the crowd, he said, don't be like the those that don't even believe in me, they love those who love them. If you don't love them, they won't love you. Don't be like that. That's partiality. Be like I am. He loves all people. He died for them. He hates sin, but he loves people. And so that's why I'm saying I, I hate lying, but I love Bob instead of, oh, I hate Bob. What, what a liar. If he wasn't a liar, I could love Bob. And I guess down in my heart, I do love him and all that. But I don't like Bob because he's a... Well, see, that's what James is saying. Uh, let's let's look at about a 48-hour recording of your words. And more than that, in another place in Hebrews, he said, uh, go to the heart, look at the heart. And the Lord says, I know what you say before you say it. I know what you think before you ever get it out. So I look at your heart. That's where he looks. That's what matters. And another thing is that they teach all of them without doubt is that he looks at your heart not to see if he sees bitterness as well let's see that's okay if you have a good reason to be bitter towards somebody a believer and everything that's okay no he doesn't it's the very fact of bitterness in and of itself it doesn't matter to who for what reason or not or what that gets into all this stuff where james here in the next chapter is saying where does all this fighting and stuff come from in you your believers and you pray about it and all this but it never works out because really you're an enemy of god you've entered into this nature of well you love me i love you you don't i won't that's not his love and you say well how can i be expected to have his love he would say and the scripture says because i live in you that's why you have access to it. Now, if you don't know him, he doesn't live in your heart. You don't actually have access to divine love. But that's what Peter says in his letter is, yeah, but he does live in your heart. And since he does, realize that and you have access to that love. And James is saying here, yeah, all you've got to do is ask him for the wisdom and he'll give it to you if you mean it when you're not double-minded saying, well, I really want to be at peace and have love for everybody, but I want to reserve the right to uh, be resentful if I need to or tell somebody, you know, I'll, I'll forgive you only when you do right or what, you know, and that kind of thing. It's just hypocrisy. And the thing is, he says, I wonder one thing, uh, I'm under a self-imposed time limit and it already is almost there but I, I want to try to be able to say what I have to say and, and then 
move on and and then not go past what all of us can bear. <clears throat> but uh, anyway, if you lack wisdom, wisdom is a word that means you can look up and study it. It means clearness. That's the root of it. Clearness. It's like a windshield. You say, well, there's a spot on the windshield. Wisdom would be somebody saying, hold it just a minute. I've got some wisdom here. I'll give it to you. Go up there and they they clean that spot off. Then you say, wow, now I can see. That's what wisdom means. So it can be made clear to you. And James is saying then in that way, if any of you, it's not clear to you uh, how to have uh, love and forgiveness for people unconditionally. That's not clear to you. Ask God and he'll give you clearness. And the clearness is, like he says, there can be no exceptions that's how you know whether or not you're in his love. And then you say, well, okay, there's that one person I can't love. I just don't, I don't know why I can't give up that resentment. Well, then what is the answer? James says you go to him, but you have to mean it with your whole heart. And he says, if you don't mean it, don't think you're going to receive it. You won't. And it's sort of, uh, it's real simple, but it's real almost like, well, how can I do it then? I, I try to mean it, and it don't work, so that means I don't mean it. And, and yeah, James is saying, yeah. You know, real quick, I always this picture comes to mind. You've probably seen a movie here or there, not a what. I saw a, more of an Old West-type setting where the guy was an Englishman. He would come to the old the frontier, the West, as it was back then, you know. And uh, he uh, didn't wear a gun, but he was a boxer, uh, a professional boxer. And the, the, the classic cowboy-type saloon person, he... The big brute, he said, oh, I can take on anybody, take out anybody. And this Englishman, oh, you'll be a piece of cake, man, and I'll take you right out. And so <laughs> the Englishman, he uh, he kind of dances around a little bit, and then all of a sudden he, 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 he gives the guy a blow to the face, and the guy pops back, and oh, what happened? And then the guy danced around, and he can't hit him. And all of a sudden, then the guy, the Englishman, the prof- he pops him again, and all of a sudden, one, two, three, and the guy's out. And 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 so James, to me, he's taking the gloves off, and he will get you. And he's saying, "You telling me, like he says here, you say you have the love of God in faith, which works by love. You telling me that? Um, let's listen to your words. Let's look at even your deeds. You don't mean that. You just say that." You're just saying you do the work of God, which is to have his love. You just say you have it, but you don't do it. You don't exercise that love. You don't show it in forgiveness because that wisdom that comes from above is without partiality. The love of God, and we all would agree with that. Yeah, the Lord, uh, God so loved the world, the whole world, that he gave his son for the whole. And that's true. So if you have the love of God in you and you're going to say you're exercising it as a believer, then it better be true that without partiality you love every. And then it'd be like, well, I can't do that, Lord, I can't do it. Well, ask him for the faith to do it and he'll give it to you. Well, I did, but he didn't. And that's what James says here in chapter 4. Yeah, you pray about it and you ask and you don't get it. Why? Because it's still all about you. You want everything to be okay. You want that birth to make it right so that you can forget. And then everything will be right. But he goes on down here and he says, you got to give up your pride. 
You've got to give up your pride, humble yourself, go to God, resist this evilness, go and draw nigh to God, cleanse your heart, purify your heart, you double-minded. <laughs> humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, then He then will lift you up. Speak not evil of one another. Don't judge each other. Only He's the judge. Who do you think you are? Don't judge each other, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge stands at the door. Like I was saying, James is the, <laughs> he takes the gloves off, and I'm glad he does because uh, I lived so many years as a believer, and I really couldn't hardly read through James, much less study it, because it was so convicting. I knew I wasn't being right with the Lord. And James says here, don't blame him. That's what you're going to Don't blame each other. This is your thing between him and you. You've got to give up your nature and partake of his nature because he lives in you. And Paul says, it's a great mystery. But Paul said, I just want to know him, his love. That's all there is. To know is him and his love. That is the work of God that he wants us to do. Thank you for listening to the program.